So, this show was recorded in a house with animals, a housemate, and a sick teenager. And the windows are open. And the windows are open, so there may be chicken noises, but it's a little dark, and I think they're they're getting ready to... There's bird noises. Well, there are bird noises, and there's the fountain. If you hear a squeak splash, squeak splash, that's the crow fountain puking in the uh, on the um, front porch. It may need water. Uh, no, and, it's still puking. Okay, good. The other thing to mention is that we swear a lot. We have foul, foul mouths. It's we should true. probably wash them out with soap, but uh, that tastes nasty. Dr. Bronner's. Still tastes nasty. That's why you dilute it. Dilute, dilute. Okay. Anyway, the thing to remember is that while we have to mark this explicit because iTunes really only has two settings, clean and explicit, we're not going to talk about anything that you, as maybe a listening parent, should have to worry about. Except the swearing. Except the swearing. So, PG-ish, PG-13-ish. PG-13. PG-13. Welcome to Productivity Alchemy, episode 45. Wow. We are moving up on that big 5-0, which I believe will also be the one-year anniversary of the show. Holy crap, you, you, yeah. wait, a whole year? Whole year. Dude. I know, right? It's and the only reason, only reason that 50 and not 52 for the anniversary is because we took those two weeks off for uh, Finland and Iceland. Yes. Which I regret nothing. <laughs> I regret absolutely nothing. So there's that. This week, I, I got a lot done. Yay! I think our new I mean we've got the we've got the Zoho suite at work and I, I touched on this briefly. It's it's sort of an all-in-one package where it's an online service and it has a CRM and it has a help desk and it has a project manager and it has a, a sprint manager and it has email and it has calendar and in a lot of ways you look at it and you go, this has a solution for all of my problems. Then you have one other problem. It it doesn't actually talk to each other very well. Ew. So if I do tasks in project, they don't automatically get linked. I can't link them automatically to tickets in the help desk manager. Mm. If I want to do use their sprints tool for agile sprints, it doesn't link to the projects tool and the tasks that are in there. So while I like it in general, there are a couple things I really wish it did, and most of it's around the apps integrating with each other. We we had some growing pains and some bumps, and it's certainly a hell of a lot better than what we were using before, which was a, a Liquid Planner-like spreadsheet and Zendesk. And again, they weren't exactly linked to each other, so you kind of had to make a note in the Zendesk ticket where the the matching like ticket or the matching task in liquid planner was, and it was a big flat thing. So the only way you could tell if it was for say the system group versus development group versus a specific customer was to search for in the text body of the ticket to say, to find where someone, where you have to write down at the very beginning of the ticket, sysadmin or customer a or customer B. It wasn't really designed around the same use case. The nice thing about Zoho is at least it understands um, customer-based workflows a little better. I just wish they all talked to each other. But it's pretty, and it hasn't really been a lick of trouble. Um, 
other than the if an admin has access to something, then when he changes it, everybody gets notified and you can't turn that off. That was sort of annoying. Because I went through, I have admin access. I'm a sysadmin. I have to have admin access generally to these things. I went in like the first week and added all of my backlog to it. Just task after task after item after item and was pulling them out of all the different, because I had some in Habitica, I had some in Todoist, I had some on... on and everyone in your company got an email every time? They didn't get an email, but they got a pop-up mm. on the screen. And if you, you do the thing in the browser where you say enable notifications, I'm pretty sure they got a pop-up every single time. Oofta. And then I, I was feeling, I was feeling strong. I had a, a set of tasks that I really needed to do. And so I made a spreadsheet, copied everything around, customized it, and then imported it. About 20 things, just like that. Everybody got 20 pop-ups? Oh, yeah. So we had to fix that. Indeed. We had to turn that off, which, which means now I don't have admin access, uh, but it's sort of, there's like a trade-off, and, and we're working on maybe the finer points. So we'll see how it does. I mean, it's been a couple months, and it's been better than the old system. Although occasionally, and for those of you who work in IT or, or engineering organizations, you're going to twitch a little bit. Um, I miss Jira, the Atlassian agile task ticket tracker that was that I've used for the last like three jobs. That's actually, I hate it, but I love it. I hate it. Because it's so easy to just do the wrong thing with it, but I love it because it's so incredibly powerful, and when done right, it's just amazing. Kind of like, uh, again, all the IT people in the audience kind of like the Microsoft SharePoint product, which is a really good document store that they're busy trying to make into a be-all, end-all content management website, wiki, blah, blah. Kevin is making eye contact with me this entire time as if he thinks I have any bloody idea what he's she's, talking about. She's glossed over completely. It's actually yeah. really kind of funny. There's just this vacant look where she's like, there are words coming out of his mouth, and they might be English. Not an English I'm familiar with. Anyway, <clears throat> so that's that's been my big thing. You know, I've been uh, I've I've made some forward momentum on some projects. Um, I've made momentum on some stuff around the house. I mean, I helped you clean a whole bunch of stuff up, or plant a bunch of stuff. Was that two weeks ago already? Uh, Moving all the dirt and gravel? Uh, yeah, that was two weeks ago. Wow. We burned this We weekend. burned this past weekend, yes. yes. Which is good right up until the water went out. Yes, we had some excitement this week in mm -hmm. that our well pump died. Yep. In the middle of a controlled burn. Yeah, that was not an exciting time for it. Well, yeah. At no, least it at, was a very exciting well, time for it. I want to say, uh, at least we were at a break between the two. We had yes. stopped. And then you were like, oh, yeah, you want to come over here and finish that? And we're like, yeah, okay, let's... I was like, this spot, I want you to be right here with the hose, because there's a lot of pine straw, and pine straw just goes up like tissue paper. Tissue paper soaked in gasoline. And we went to turn on the hose, and it was like, nah. Yeah, so mm -hmm. we stopped what we were doing, obviously. Yeah. And there was uh, a lot of crawling under the house. Yeah, and then... I pay. We had we had two days with mm -hmm. no tap water. Day and a half, really, but yeah. Yeah, uh, it uh, it felt nothing, a lot longer than it was. There's nothing that brings you back to the fragility of human life as fast mm. as lack of tap water. As lack of of, of clean uh, potable water. Uh, yes, it's yeah. uh, it it really 
really, uh, suddenly you become a, a, you are living much closer to the bone than you expect to. Fortunately, I have a rain barrel in the backyard, mm-hmm. so we were flushing the toilet with buckets of water from my rain barrel. Green, means, green water in the toilets. I mean, it has algae. And oh, yeah. Pine pollen and dead mosquitoes. Yep. Uh, so I moved something like uh, Monday alone. I moved how, how much water did we figure I moved? Uh, you moved like three hundred pounds of water. Yeah, because it's a two and a half pound bucket or two and a half gallon bucket, and I had to move bucket and bucket. Yeah, bucket, it was like yeah. four or five buckets per toilet over the course of the day. Yeah, so, so it was an exciting few days, and then I paid sixteen hundred dollars for the ability to have tap water again, which hurt a lot but the internet made very sympathetic noises and it was like i have the money i just Mm -hmm. need someone to acknowledge how much this hurts yeah yeah (laughs) well the next big one is of course um two and a half weeks ago the ac went out yes and it's taken that long for me to just bite the bullet and say okay so the guys we normally call are really busy or don't want to deal with me so i think they're really busy i've heard word they're really busy Mm -hmm. uh right now because everybody Turning on the AC for the first time as it gets above 80 degrees here, Fahrenheit, not Celsius. If it was 80 degrees Celsius, we'd be dead. Um, but everyone's AC is not working. So, yeah. And so, yeah. like, we're like, I should have called like the day after I figured it out, but the day after it was like 50. It was one of those, it's really hot. Okay. Now it's cold again. And so it wasn't a big deal. And then I was, so I, I've been trying to get a hold of them. Finally, I bit the bullet and say, okay, fine. Let's, I'll have somebody out to estimate how much it is just to replace them. And they're like, oh, no, 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 we can't, we can't just look at the heat pumps. We need to look at the heat exchangers and the duct work. And I'm thinking to myself, I need two heat pumps. I don't give a crap if, if you think you're going to replace the rest of it. That's a lot of work that doesn't need to be done because the airflow is fine and the, Air exchangers have not given us a lick of trouble, and if you think you're going to rip all that out and charge us a f- small fortune for that, you are sadly mistaken, and I'll find somebody else to do it. Home ownership. Such a joy. Yep. There is a whole thing in our country that is, you know, you must want to own a home. I have heard of people who are thrilled to go back to renting because then it's somebody else's goddamn right? problem. And, uh, you know... I'm not going to be the one to say, don't do that. Uh, it it yeah. just makes some of the logistics a little more interesting because I've got to arrange, you know, uh, Monday at work, right? I had to do some juggling in order to run back and forth with the plumbers, yeah, with the, with the well guys. Tomorrow I'll have to run back and forth with the AC guys. And so that's, you know, I'll have to dodge work. Today I had to take a small teenager. He's not a big teenager. He's getting taller, but he's he's still, like, whip-thin. A teenager. Yes, I had to take a teenager to the doctor. Yeah. Because he's been unwell all week, and we're at the, all right, we'll take him to the doctor and see what the doc says, because now the school's going to start wanting want medical professionals to approve his timeout. Right. Annoying as crap. Uh, but we got all that done, and then, so I've been juggling, you know, rescheduling my appointments, dealing with his, and all that stuff. Scheduling life does not pay attention to your planner. No, it doesn't. And so it's it's been a, a longer week, but I'm still hoping to get ma- meaningful stuff done. Thinking of meaningful stuff, oh, wombat test subject. I tried Trello. You did? Yes. What did you think of it in, in just overall? And then you can start 
It is I, useless for me. It's useless for you. It is. Okay. I can understand it being useful if you had multiple people working on a project mm-hmm. and you wanted to uh, know that someone was working on something. Okay. I can see. Um, I can see like uh, our friend the artist Skulldog who yes. has a public one that she tracks her commissions through, uh-huh. so you know where uh-huh. you are in the queue. Okay. Yep. Excellent. For me, mm-hmm. for a solo person, it's just busy work. Okay. Uh, because it's like, put the, it, it's, okay, this is a to-do list of stuff you need to do. Now you move it over here if you're doing it. Okay. Right. Uh, so. And, and it, eh, let me You finish. finish. Yeah, 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 you finish. Every, the problem with many to-do lists and... Is okay. I move it to the doing column. Yay! But if my item is like I like Kevin had me set up Anthrocon stuff for the convention I'm right. coming up to just, for just as an example the merchandising prep, and so I need like um, either I can make twenty cards for individual tasks for like uh, like if I'm going to run prints, I sell prints at these things. Mm-hmm. I have to. First, I have to investigate and see what stock I need. I have to check what I've still got and what I need to run. Right. I need to run the prints. Mm-hmm. I need to bag and board the prints. Yes. Uh, and that means, basically, I put them in a little uh, mylar bag or plastic bag with a uh, uh, piece of backing board so that mm-hmm. people just buy them as is. Fine. Uh, either I make three cards that are... Check prints, run prints, bag and board prints. Right. Or I just have one that says do prints, mm-hmm. and it sits in the doing column for ages. Or I did find a way I can put checklists in, right. but uh, I know what's involved. So mm-hmm. it's like... The only reason I would move something from the to-do column to the doing column is to make me fe- myself feel better about the fact that something's being done, which, you know, fine, If but so, it's it's just busy work. Now, if somebody else was helping, if I was someone else, right. or, or if there were two of us working on this, and they wanted to, they were like, one of us has to deal with the print situation, then... All of a sudden, this would be useful because they could just maybe check our little Trello board and see that I have handled the large mm-hmm. prints and they need to handle the small prints. Right. I can totally see it being a very handy system for if you're dealing with one or more per- people. For me, mm-hmm. filling out that stuff would just be busy work because I know what I'm doing and the only advantage it has over any given to-do list is that I could move things into doing to make myself feel better for five minutes. So there are two things about that. Yeah. Uh, the first is... By moving them to doing, if you are the kind of person who has a lot of stuff going on, it's not so much a busy work to feel better. It's also a reminder tomorrow when you go in and say, what did I do yesterday and what what, what was I in the middle of when I got called away because the dog was puking or whatever, or because the garden needed tending for three hours instead of doing what I was doing. I understand how these things work. Then you can look at it and go, oh, I was running prints, or I was running jumbo prints. The other thing that's... Or I could just walk into my studio and look at the printer. Yeah. The other thing that is usually in place for 
Kanban is something called a WIP limit, a work-in-progress limit. And that is a, something I could do on, on, say, Jira. This is what I was talking about earlier. Is you can say that you can only have two cards in progress at a given time. Well, in which so, case... Or, or in doing. So that keeps you from starting, like, 15 things and not finishing any of them. No, I'd just start 15 things and not bother to put them in doing. Well, yeah. Because, or, and at what point... Because I did the rough sketch for a painting and then mm-hmm. don't touch it again for six months, does it sit in doing or is it a to-do? You, do I have to move it out of doing back to to-do? You can move it. You The general practice would be move it out of doing back into to-do. But that does not actually get the painting any closer to being done. That's just me shuffling cards around to feel organized. Yes. And like you said, for maybe one person. Yeah. This may be overkill. This may be too much. For Skulldog, it may be working really well because she has a really big queue. Yeah, and, and, and mm-hmm. other people can check on it so she right. doesn't have to talk so to she them can, about the... She can you know. see how many people, you know, people can look and go, oh, she's in progress on those, and add notes to it and things like that. I set up a board for the event I'm planning next year. Yes. And I've shared it out with many of the people who are involved on the back end, on the administrative side with me. And so that's how we're going to do a lot of that tracking versus trying to send emails all the time. Hey, what's the status? Hey, what's the status? I go, I look, I go, this hasn't moved. Now I go talk to you directly and say, why hasn't this, has nothing been and done? And I can certainly see it in a business mm-hmm. uh, or a, a, a job environment with right. multiple people where you'd want to move something into doing just mm-hmm. so that other people can look at it and feel better about yeah. the fact that mm-hmm. you're working on it. Uh, which is is the you know to a certain extent the commission thing. It's like okay, I'm just going to put this in doing because that way people will know I'm working on it and they won't be going. Are you working on the thing? Are you working on the thing? Right. Are you working on the thing? Yep. So I can totally see this as a way to appease other people. Right, and or if you've got a small team and you need to look because and that's still appeasing other people. Not necessarily. What I was going that's to still say involving other people. is involving other people, but what you can do is you can add rows for per person. So you get a very good visual representation to look at it and says, okay, um, Bob has five things in his doing column and Billy has three and Annie only has eight. Because obviously she's the overachiever. How do we redistribute these tasks so that instead of Bob and Annie taking over most of the work, Billy is is doing his stuff? Or maybe you start to look and it's like, oh, Billy's shouldn't be. He's got he's got run what prints. What if his card just take is is the eight hundred prints he has to run? Yeah, exactly. Okay. And so it's like, okay, maybe maybe we should look at that and make it into smaller tasks to spread the load across the team. And that's so there's some management that goes into it. The other thing is that you can have the the other acceptable practice is to have a backlog, which is basically a bucket of things you're not ready to put on your to do list. And so you go through it, you put they stay in the backlog until you're ready to commit to doing them, and then you move them to to do. The and again, mm-hmm. I can see how this would be a useful tool if you have to deal with other people. Right. You don't have to deal with other people. No, I have arranged my life specifically to avoid ever working with other people yes. under any circumstances. And I say again, Internet, it's okay to do this. It really is. I mean, we fetishize teamwork. Teamwork is great. I can, in fact, work well in groups. I just hate it. 
So, for example, in D&D, I work supremely well in groups. You do, but you don't want to sit around a table with all of us at the same time. You're very happy for us to be all virtual uh, well, and yes. in different rooms. And, and I mean, I've done tabletop games. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, I also very quickly am the one who gets exasperated and is like, all right, enough dicking around. Let's go kill it. But yes. uh, the, the thing is, I do not work well, well okay i can't work well with others i just don't enjoy it so i have arranged mm-hmm. to have a job where i don't have to work with other people so trello is useless for me because right. i know what i'm doing and so it has no advantages over to-do list and a lot of things that just feel like busy work and that is often the case when you're talking about this sort of tool around personal productivity um i like it because i can get a little scatterbrained and so i like to be able to go what was i doing Oh, right. Before I had that phone call and got interrupted, there's the thing I was doing. Because if I don't have that reminder often, I'll be like, well, now that I'm off the phone call, I can do- go do this other thing. And there's a half-finished thing waiting for me. It's There's some, there's some, some personal preference there. And the thing is that I don't see a world in my workflow where I would be working on something and then I would go and move my little Trello card to doing and then I would get distracted and be like, I don't know what I was doing. Let me look at Trello. Uh, what? You're blinking at me. Yeah, I've, I've seen you go, I can't remember what I was doing. Yeah, but it doesn't bother me. Okay, that's fair. It's like, you know... The I, only deadlines and deliverables you have are to yourself in the most... I mean, I, I have all my deadlines entered into Wonderlist. Right. I know when they're going to be due, and mm-hmm. I glance at the to-do list, and I'm like, okay, i got to work on that shit now. Yeah. And, uh, and I have a good idea of how fast I work, which, as I've said before, if there is one thing as a freelancer, actually as anybody, but as a freelancer particularly, mm-hmm. that you the, the one thing I would absolutely say learn to do is learn how fast you work. Absolutely. That is the the thing that will save you from ruin if anything does. Yeah, that way when they come to you and say, I need this in 48 hours, you can go, you know, that's great. I absolutely cannot deliver that. Yes. I need a week or... Or, as I have done, they come and say, I need this in 24 hours, and I say, it will cost you double, but I can deliver that. Yes. You're usually kind of wiped out for two days afterwards, but you can deliver it. And you may, mm-hmm. and you will make an art director friend for life if you do. You that. will, you will. Yes. So he still likes me. He does. <laughs> but so anyway, that's uh, mm-hmm. I've been I've been writing. All mm-hmm. I have basically done is work in the garden and write. Yep. And I have written thousands of words. Honestly, you um, really have. Yeah. I I was not writing for a while, and I think I needed the the gap. You needed a little break. You well, you just finished like what two books in very short order. Ah, uh, yes, and. Um, I was feeling very down on myself for, I felt like I had not gotten my standard word count in uh, April. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to write a thousand words four times a week, so 16,000 words a month, basically. Right. Which will give me a book in, you know, seven months. Uh, Something like that. Or a kid's book in, like, two months or whatever. And frequently I'll write more, you know, but that's that's sort of the minimum. Well... Because, like every other creative person on Earth, my productivity has been way down for a while because yes. the world is falling on our heads. <laughs> uh, I was just not, you know, it's like I was putting, you know, 250, 300 words. Oh, yeah. 
500 words. It was just, uh, and, and this is everybody mm-hmm. across the board. This is, you know, Scalzi and Neil Gaiman and everybody. Everybody, yeah. And, but, and you chipped, you really had to chip away at Twisted Ones, which isn't going to come out till next year. Yes. And the thing is that I had been feeling down on myself and then I stopped and I thought, wait, I just edited a book and I had to add big damn chunks to that book. Oh, yeah. There were a couple extra scenes that uh, the editor wanted, and it is better with those extra scenes, by all means. And I went back and added up how many new words I had written. I had added like 6,000 new words in a week, you know? Yeah, and yeah. suddenly that brought my productivity for April word count like way up and over the standard. And I'm like, okay, so I didn't actually screw up that badly. I was just not paying attention to editing involving mm-hmm. actually writing words. And that's something you, you you as a writer need to keep in mind, but that I think everyone needs to think about is that it isn't just about how much new stuff you get done, right? There is a maintenance cost to all of it. The most, uh, in fact, sort of, sort of the opposite of that, mm-hmm. I will occasionally go back and look at books I have written, and I've talked about this with uh, Maggie Hogarth, who's right. a friend of mine, MCA Hogarth. Uh, she's a fantastic author. You should read her stuff. It's it's uh, A lot of it is warm, fuzzy, sci-fi, uh, like, it, it's, it's comfort read kind of by design. And then there's some really fucked up, horrible shit, uh, which is also awesome. But uh, <laughs> And when the two of you get together in the same room, you giggle like teenagers <laughs> kevin's still traumatized maybe a little because i was trying to sleep it was it was like having a slumber party except we were both in our 30s and anyway, anyway. Uh, we're actually doing a panel uh at uh, anthrocon that we're both on oh okay that's uh ursula and maggie unscripted which she wanted so we could prove we were not the same person oh my because frequently people will be like Oh yeah, I saw you on a panel. People have thanked me for being on a panel that changed their lives that she was the one on, and yeah. vice versa. So you know, yeah. Anyway, um, where was I going with this? All oh, right, the amazing thing about uh, um, at re maintenance costs is that sometimes I will look at books I have written. And I will go, I never have to write this book again. Right? I get to keep it. I don't have to go upgrade it or take it to Mm -hmm, the the mm -hmm. mechanic or anything. This book is done and I don't have to worry about it anymore. I don't, I never have to write it again. Mm -hmm. And I can't really explain what a weird sensation that is, but it's like, this is really, truly done, and I still get to keep it. It's so strange. Which is often a a contrast to technical books. Yes, because those you'll have to upgrade constantly. Yeah, um, our friend Bruce Payette, who writes Windows PowerShell in action. PowerShell, basically. He was one of the co-inventors, yeah. yeah. Um, but he's the language architect for Microsoft. He writes this, he's written three editions of this book, and in a lot of cases, it's go back and having to toss out large swaths and rewrite them, not just edit. But, oh yeah, this behavior has changed significantly since the last version of the book. And and that's actually reasonably common with technical books. Yeah. It's not like I can print it once and, it, once and it's done. There will be, over time as the technology changes, sometimes there are updates. I have a whole shelf of technical books 
that are practically obsolete at this point. Yeah, and I keep mm-hmm. telling you we need to get rid of those. Yeah, I, I want to. Well, we need to haul them off to the off to the the recycle center, unless uh, we want to pay for shipping for. No, nobody needs the Java one dot two. <laughs> uh, reference manual because Java 1.2 was dead like 10 years ago. Yeah, it's so, it, now it's just paper. Yeah, it's just it's just paper taking up a shelf that I can use for other stuff. Uh and and we fetishize books as an object. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to throwing a book away feels like just a step up from book burning and that we are we are walking down dark slopes but out of date technical books. Yeah, it's it's I I'm I'm finding my view on that changing novels that I've held and read and love are, are a little different from a technical manual, which was out of date two years ago. Yeah. You know, the, the joyous part about technical books in ebook format is that the publishers have been really good about releasing updates, patches basically to the book. Uh, O'Reilly Media in particular is really good about, okay, here is the latest version with all of the changes since the last time we released an update. And that's really handy for some of those references. We are not paid by O'Reilly or any of the other publishers we've mentioned, except where it's explicitly stated by a book she's working on for a publisher. I had to put that in there. Okay. Um, but that's, that's, that's us this week. Next week, I'm sure we'll talk about something and I'll come up with a, Homework assignment of some sort. Oh, dude, I'm I'm realizing I'm because you made me fill. It was not completely useless because I filled out the Anthrocon mm-hmm. thing. I realized I had to fix my damn display ah. for the necklaces, mm-hmm. and so I went out today to get uh, display equipment, basically, and am going to try to set up some new mm-hmm. display mm-hmm. things for that and. This will involve me basically laying in bed looking at Pinterest sales displays. <sighs> and one of these days we should talk about con kits and uh, con yeah. displays. Um, Kevin hates my display. I don't necessarily hate your display. Kevin, you've said to me in so many words, God, I hate the displays. I kind of hate the current one more than anything uh, because it's so hard to move around. No, it it is extremely difficult to move around. The thing mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. it looks good when it's up. It does. And it breaks down into pieces that store inside each other very well. It does. It's just, uh, you know, I mean, the display weighs 150 pounds. We, you can't just, you know, throw it, it in a suitcase it, and Right, it's not it. just that. It's It weighs 150 pounds, and to pack it up into the truck... It basically takes up the entire truck, and then we have to kind of wedge the rest of our stuff in around it. Yes. Yeah. There is no way I can make it any smaller. We can, yeah, but the, the and the question I have, we're getting a little off topic, and yeah. we need to get back to our interview, but the question I always have for you, or I have about displays, is not, does it look cool to you, is, does it increase the amount of sales? The purpose of the display is to get people interested in sell things. Do you remember the first year that I put the new display up? No. I do. Okay. Do you know why I remember that? Because you... there was a 50% sales increase. Okay. So the question comes up, how has that changed? Has it gone down? It's going up. Is it time to look at a bigger revamp? Because, or are you no, just... it's, it's, it's been... If it's, it's been stable. If it's been stable, then yeah, okay. I would love to find a way to ship it more easily because, God, it takes like three loads from the truck to get it into the dealer's room. 
And it kills me every time. Internet. Mm. I'm going to let you guys go to the interview so you don't have to listen to me playing a tiny, tiny violin <laughs> for Kevin. All right, then. So our interview this week <laughs> is with... Let me look it up. I had I had it, like, right there in the front of my mind when I was getting everything ready. We are talking to Elizabeth B., who is a tax preparer. Yay! But not just a regular, like... Every, you know, big rush in April. I mean, every tax preparer has that. But she works with some nonprofity stuff to help people who aren't like you and me handle their taxes. And we'll find out how she keeps organized along with her crafts and, and other things going on. So we'll go talk to her and we'll be back in a little bit. My violin is so tiny. Hi, everybody. I am here with Elizabeth, who has generously offered to talk to us this week. It is absolutely amazing, and I'm really looking forward to it, and I hope you guys enjoy it. So, Elizabeth, tell me a little bit about yourself, and I mean by me, I mean everybody at home, who it is, who you are, what you do, stuff like that. Sure. Uh, hello, my fellow listeners um, <laughs> and, and everyone out there on the internet. My name is Elizabeth. Um, I have a few things going on, like I suspect most of us do. Um, I, I am not an, a fascinating writer and I don't do any cool podcasts or anything like that, but um, I do have my, my day job. Um, I work at a law firm and Ooh. that in terms of uh, organization I'll be talking about later, that means that I work on what's called a billable hour. Oh, yeah. If you're not familiar with that. <laughs> I that's am. Where, uh, yes, Kevin, I'm sure is. Um, but in, in case any of the listeners aren't familiar with that, that means I am a salaried employee, but I have to meet a certain number of hours per year that can actually be charged to our clients. Mm -hmm. um, so it doesn't actually matter how long I'm in the office. It's all about whether I have done enough work that can be charged um, or that's otherwise creditable under our system. Um, and, uh, and, you know, so that, that I meet those requirements. Um, so there's, that's, that's my day job. Um, my volunteer job um, that I do mostly during tax season, but also in the off season is I am a volunteer with a VITA clinic. Um, it's a low-income taxpayer clinic. We serve um, individuals, families. Um, I see everybody from grad students to uh, sort of sole proprietor, small business owners. Um, mm -hmm. It's income-based, so it's typically um, under $55,000 for a family or a small business. But um, it's a great, great organization. Um, mine is called Prepare and Prosper, mm -hmm. um, based in the Twin Cities in Minnesota. Um, but Vita clinics are all over all over the country, so that's that's right. what I do with my free time. Um, <laughs> and then there's the hobbies, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, because you know life is uh, short. Why I, I have never had to say I'm bored, so I knit. Um, I am also in a. Um, I'm into history. Mm -hmm. um, I grew up 
uh, with living history as, as part of my life. Ooh. So I do that. I enjoy costuming and I do calligraphy and illumination um, and some of that, that other stuff, which means I have a lot of projects yeah. going on um, <laughs> at any given time. Um, and then, of course, there's the, the uh, I, I am a homeowner. I have that. I have oh, my yeah. garden. I have my cats. Um, one of whom, by the way, is sitting right behind me. The other one is sort of staring at me from across the room. So um, I know Kevin always does a disclaimer, filmed or recorded in a house with animals. I, I have animals, but they're sleeping right now. So yeah, it should be no. fine. Um, and then the other thing I have going on is I've got some health issues. So um, I keep track of, of that. Yeah. And, um, you know, I um, actually kind of had a, a period where I wasn't doing so well and have been sort of rebuilding life over the last couple of years. So I'll probably be talking some about that. Um, And uh, in particular, I've been dealing with some, some brain stuff. Um, So that's always, I know Kevin's talked a lot about that on the podcast before. Um, so, you know, that's, that's always Mm -hmm. a good time, but so that's, that's my life. Wow. So how do you keep all that organized? So, um, step one actually for me is gating. Um, it's deciding what gets in the door. Okay. Um, I, I am a big fan of having to organize as little as humanly possible. Um, good plan. Uh, yeah, it's, it's surprisingly (laughs) effective. And, um, there's, I know that sort of systems and habits are a, a separate question, but, um, there's a, uh, a, there was a Ted talk that a friend forwarded to me largely because I had recently been, uh, I had read the life changing magic of tidying up the Marie Kondo KonMari book. Right. Um, right. Oh, KonMari. Which, yeah. And I think Ursula read that at some point. There was, it's a yeah. cult. It is totally a cult. She, I, I was throwing something away, and she's like, you need to thank that before you throw it away. I'm like, yeah. it's a pair of jeans I have worn to nubs. And she's like, it has served you well. You should, I'm like, I should give it a Viking funeral. <laughs> no, it's... Yes. Yeah. It's, it's um, well, and it's it's funny because my, my reaction to it was primarily, as, as a small child, my favorite movie was The Brave Little Toaster. Oh, right. So Love I anthropomorphize film. everything. Um, so it totally, it resonated with me in that, in that way. Um, but because I had recently read this and found it, you know, I, Mm -hmm. the book did not give me joy. So I sent it to Goodwill, but, uh, (laughs) sorry, (laughs) I I wrote a note in the front cover saying, I hope that this brings you joy. It it was useful, but but I mean, that's beautiful. Um, it was, it was a good moment, um, in, in my life, but wait, uh, my, my friend sent me a link to this TED talk. It was a TEDx talk titled the, and I know this is a swearing friendly podcast, so, um, but it is titled the life changing magic of not giving a fuck. Right on. And, um, the life changing magic of not giving a fuck Mm -hmm. is was honestly it's like it's like the mental version of um of tidying up so one of the concepts in there that's sort of the the central concept is you have everybody has it's it's like spoon theory but a little more expansive so you have limited time energy money right um and everybody has limited of of those things you know we we like to pretend we have infinite capacity but we don't Mm -hmm. um and sort of the principle is you have a fuck budget. 
for <laughs> things. And the the point is, you know, decide what you wish to give your fucks to. Okay. And the other stuff, if possible, avoid giving your fucks to those things. Um, so, you know, for, so for me, you know, especially dealing with, with some stuff, mm-hmm. I kind of consciously decide, okay, do I actually care about that? Um, <laughs> and if right? I don't care about it, is it mandatory? Mm. If it's not mandatory and I don't care, then it doesn't even get on the list. Why bother, um, right? You know, it's there's there's no point. There's no there's no purpose to that. Also, by the way, internet. One of my cats is now across uh, the room and is looking at me. So I may have a cat on my lap shortly. Um, uh, well, it, but, orange orange is asleep over over behind me, and if she wakes up, she may decide it's time to climb and groom me from like yes. standing on my shoulders. So. It is very important. Humans mm-hmm. are terribly dirty. Apparently, it is, yes. It is known. Especially um, if we're tiny and orange. So, yeah. Yes. Um, so, so anyway, so that's kind of the first question is, is what, mm-hmm. what do I actually have to organize? Right. Um, and then the other thing that I do that's kind of a, a threshold thing is do what I can to, especially for routine tasks, mm-hmm. um, I try to minimize how much I actually have to actively do. Um, one of your guests recently talked about automation. Oh yeah. Um, I'm a fan. And that has been a big thing for me. One Mm -hmm. of the jobs I've had was working in a CPA firm, which meant that I had busy season. Oh yeah. So I had to bill 280 hours in one month. In a month. Um, It it was a lot. Yeah. That's. Uh, Yeah. Uh, so you know, it, and it was fine and, mm-hmm. and it was okay, but it did mean that if I could set something to do itself, mm-hmm. I did. Um, so all of my bills are on auto pay. Right. I don't spend any time or energy on those. Um, anything that requires making a decision that's a routine task, mm-hmm. I try to avoid making the decision. I decide this is how I'm going to handle this and that's just how it's going to be. Right. And I move on. Um, so so those are kind of my, my initial, how do I how do I manage what I have to organize? Mm-hmm. And then I have my small legion of apps. <laughs> oh, tell me about your apps. <laughs> oh, I love apps. So the, the thing for me is I, and I, I think I, I wrote in in December because I had recently discovered what is now my primary app, which is Tick Tick. Yes. And the thing about it is that I love the idea of bullet journaling. Okay. Uh, I love the idea but having another physical object that I have to interact with and have with me was just not working. So Tick Tick is my bullet journal. Okay. Um, I use um, it's it's a pretty it's a lot like Wonderlist. Mm-hmm. It supports repeating tasks, yep. which is really important for me, um, especially for housekeeping stuff because I there are no fairies I found that come and clean my house um they're not fairies they are mercenaries is what they are yes yes (laughs) and uh if i if i uh go back to right now i'm on a a somewhat reduced schedule and if i ever go back to working 100 percent, i am absolutely employing some mercenaries because it's it would be well worth it um but i use um categories Mm -hmm. so i have a list for work tasks i have a list 
for um, SCA, you know, um, hobby mm-hmm. tasks like projects. Right. Um, I have lists for just miscellaneous household tasks. Mm-hmm. I have my shopping list. Right. Um, it all kind of goes into this one place. Um, one of the nice things about the app is that it also supports subscription to calendars. Mm-hmm. Um, so on my, again, I'm using my phone because it's what I always have with me. Um, I subscribe to my local calendars. So I'm a Mac user. Um, I put everything in iCal because right. it's just easy. Because <laughs> it's right there. Yeah. No reason yeah. not to. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's another decision I don't have to make. It's mm-hmm. a thing I don't have to reinvent. Um, and that also subscribes to my work calendar. Right. So it's all there on the app. So mm-hmm. if I go to the calendar, it has a calendar view. So I can see on a given day, okay, I have X number of tasks, but I only have Y number of free hours. You know, I need to offload something yep. or, you know, I need to decide to, to do something on a different day. The other feature it has that I really like, and this has come up on the podcast a couple of times, mm-hmm. it has a built-in Pomodoro timer. Okay. Um, and the nice thing is that if you don't want to use it, you can turn it off. That's awesome. It won't display. Mm-hmm. So if it annoys you, <laughs> um, it it does. You don't have to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it really helpful actually on days when I'm less busy. Um, I right. It yeah. keeps you focused and on task. Exactly yeah. because it it creates that false sense of urgency. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know, wait, I need to see how much I can get done, and and you can customize it. Mm-hmm. Um, I use twenty five and five. Um, so I, I need to see how much I can get done in this short period of time. Um, and it just keeps me moving, um, through the day. So, so that's been, been really helpful. Um, and, um, so that's, that's kind of one, one app that I use, um, something actually that isn't an app. I did want to talk about email. Oh yeah. Um, Are you one thing. of those people that uses your inbox as their to-do list? No. Yay! I am not. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I have become that. Well, and part of that actually is my my very first job. Mm-hmm. Um, I received between, and I'm sure coming from IT, this is just laughable, but I received between 30 and 50 emails a day. Um, Sounds about so right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's mm-hmm. respectable. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it meant um, I was I was working in insurance, mm-hmm. and I had between 160 and 180 claims to manage at a time. Um, so what that meant was that I had to be really, really religious about email hygiene, mm-hmm. or it all went to heck. Um, oh yeah, in in a handbasket, really, really fast. So. Something that I do is over the course of a day, um, if I get an email and all it requires is a response, Mm -hmm. I respond, I file it, it's done. So kind of the David Allen approach, if I can do it in two minutes or less, do it. Yes, Ah, exactly. Awesome. Um, I find that really, really helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, It also helps with responsiveness. You know, I... if. Mm -hmm. If that's the only thing I need to do, I can just do it and get it and get it off the desk and the client or the partner is happy and we all win. Um, so that's, that's great. But, and then if it requires more than a response, mm-hmm. um, then I sort of gauge, can I do it today? Right. If I can do it today, again, I'll just do mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. 
respond, file it, done. Right. If I can't do it today, mm-hmm. then whatever other thing I need to do goes mm-hmm. on the list. Yep. And the email gets filed at the end of the day. Um, so that means that I don't have 1500 emails in my inbox. <laughs> it's, and I'm, I'm a big fan of filters too. Um, not, I, I, I am very thankful that this is one of the first times I've, I've gotten a job in a small shop and their default answer was, well, we're emailing you the reports for everything. And suddenly I'm getting, you know, um, log analysis from 40 machines in my inbox and drinking from the fire hose yeah no that's it's it's you know that's depressingly common at at Mm -hmm. small environments and i'm like why do i need an email from every machine to tell me everything's okay right Mm -hmm. i mean the first thing i always do is turn those off or or adjust it so that i only get emails if something is wrong right and then i work on eliminating email by setting up something to say, okay, now page me if something's wrong, because I need to know sooner than when I walk in and read my email. Right. 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 But, and but even then I'm still like, I'm filtering like all my mailing lists for my personal stuff. Gmail filters, man, Gmail filters, mm-hmm. right. Just shove it off and, and deal with the stuff that isn't important later. Right. Yeah. And the only caution that I would throw on there is mm-hmm sometimes filters will catch things you don't want them to catch. Um, so at least that's been my experience. It, it I, varies. I, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and that's been, I think it, for me, it was mostly a function of, I had so many folders mm-hmm. that I wasn't necessarily going to see when a right. new email went directly mm-hmm. to a folder. Um, so I actually kind of like that step of, it goes to somewhere where I know I'm going to see it. Right. But that's because I don't have yeah. something that generates that many. I mean, I subscribe to a bunch of newsletters because of the nature of my job. Right. But um, those are pretty quick to, you know, say, okay, yes, dump in the articles folder. I'll read it later. Yeah. Um, I, I just, so- I, I'm a Google user. Sorry to cut you off. I don't mean to cut no, you no, off. No, no, no. no, no. Yeah. This um, is the hard part about uh, digital interviews. There's that little bit of lag. So. Right, right. <laughs> so um, I'm a big fan of, of uh, uh, and I believe you can do this with Apple Mail, is you can set up, uh, like in Google, I have a, I can just type in is colon unread, and it'll show me everything that's unread no matter where it is. Oh, nice. And I think I remember Apple Mail having a similar feature. Um okay. I had to put an add-on in to make my, my Thunderbird do it, but still it's it's that little bit of just extra search being able to go show me everything that's unread. Suddenly mm-hmm. now my inbox is much more okay, I this is what I have to deal with now and the rest I can deal with later. Right. Which is yeah. which has been really cool. Yeah. And that's honestly that's mm-hmm. been another kind of big theme for for me with organization and especially having been this is job number three mm-hmm. for me. Um Everywhere I've gone, you have different systems that you can or mm-hmm. have to use. Yep. Uh, and sometimes you kind of have to hack things to make them work. Oh, so very uh, true. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, um, but, you know, for me, it's, it's the, the payoff is, oh, wow, I haven't missed a deadline in a really long time. Right, or, right. You know, I haven't. So it's a lot of effort, but I found it to be be kind of worth it um so anyway um and then i have i have a couple more apps oh hit me do it all right so um (laughs) you emailed me this list right yes okay good because 
Otherwise, I should have been scribbling, and I'm going to be really sad when I'm re-listening to it and taking notes again. <laughs> oh, no, you're fine. Yes, no, I, I sent you an email with links to all of this right, stuff. It's right. awesome. Um, so, <laughs> um, but, so other things that, that I find helpful to kind of have a, a deliberate uh, organization for, mm-hmm. money. I find money really stressful. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I use an app called You Need a Budget. I am familiar with it. I do not like it very much, but I am very familiar with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I like it because it doesn't advertise at me. Um, Right. Very true. Very true. I've, I've used some and, and that is uh, like, I've used mint and I've used Mm -hmm. some of the other ones that are free, but then they tell you about all these other things. And that always makes me feel like, Oh, oh God, I must be doing it wrong. Um, <laughs> so, um, so I, I avoid that by using a, a mm-hmm. paid service and I, there are things about it that I don't like, but there are, there are things about it that I do. And I think the, the main takeaway for me has been having, just having something mm-hmm. other than knowing what my balance is, right. uh, has been, has been really helpful. And it's just, taken a lot of a lot of stress and guesswork off so oh, that's yeah. um and then the other thing i keep track of and this is the the health side um i use iMood journal oh wow okay yeah um mm-hmm. so it's for me it's the simplest kind of just quick check-in mm-hmm. where am i on a scale of one to ten am i feeling awesome is everything on fire um <laughs> You know, or mm-hmm. somewhere in between, um, and you can set it to like ping you at a certain time right. in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also mess with the color scheme, which I appreciate. I mm-hmm. like pretty apps, <laughs> um, so that's that's been nice. And it also has tags, so okay, that's kind of nice. Um, it has it has a bunch more features, like you can add pictures and you can do location and mm-hmm. all these things. And I don't use those. But I do use the tags because um, one of my things that I deal with is I get migraines. Um, oh yeah, so, you're not the only one not, I know who does that. Yeah, they are horrible. Yeah, yeah, they're not they're not fun. No, um, but I track them mm-hmm. so I can see how often they're happening. Okay, and you know, so it's like, mm-hmm. okay, how many days in the last month have I been in physical pain? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and uh, is it within normal range? Is it more than usual? Um, and, and so on. So if I, I'd say it's, it's a great, um, if you have any kind of thing going on where you want to keep track of just how you're feeling, Mm -hmm. even if it's not just mood, Mm -hmm. I think that's a really flexible, nice app that's out there and that, that I use. I I have to dig up the app I was using because I, I was, I was trying that whole thing, um, uh, I want to say at least two years ago before I started the podcast. Because I wanted to, I I knew I was kind of not happy with job, mostly job, but you know, was it what was the impact? And so I started tracking using a, a mood tracker like that until I realized that every day, if it was you know between nine and five, I was like, I'm at work, so I feel like you know I'm at two, I'm low, and now I'm not at work, so I'm a four or a five. It's like you do that for a couple weeks, and you're like, I believe I understand the problem now. Yes. Oh, yeah. it's, it is really it's mm-hmm. it's sort of um I I tracked for 
um, a couple of years. And it was amazing to see the difference after um, I actually went on medical leave, which mm-hmm. was um, a very interesting experience, actually. Um, but then sometime after that, I finally got a set of prescriptions that worked. Oh, that's um, always that's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's amazing when mm-hmm. you, you know, suddenly don't feel awful all the time. Yep. Um and just seeing the, you know, average four to five jump up to average of eight to nine. Yep. Um, all of a sudden, and it wasn't immediate. It wasn't like overnight, but no. you could see the, the progress. Um, so, yeah, that was, I, that I really remember nice. that from uh, when I first started on, on the meds and just having that, like, realizing after about two weeks that something was changing and that the world wasn't all bleak and doom and gloom. And that was when I realized that, Oh yeah. So the meds are having an effect because nothing else has changed. So (laughs) yeah. Yeah. It's, and, Mm -hmm. and you know, there it's, um, and some of it is also like, I just, I had a rough year. So some of it is time passage too. And, and all kinds of other things that, that can change. Mm -hmm. But I think just, you know, even if you don't, have a, an, an issue, an official issue, right? Even just having that tracking of how you're feeling and how you're doing, mm-hmm. you know, if if you're consistently unhappy, maybe you want to think about why that might be. Is yeah, there something? Yeah, you can yeah. Do? So, yeah. um, so anyway, but mm-hmm. those those are kind of my that's that's how I keep track of stuff and uh, mm-hmm. you know keep things from from all falling apart. Right. So. And now, now here's the interesting question because this is not something that's applicable to me, right? So, pardon this if you find it sexist or offensive, but how about tracking your cycle? So I am on a pill. Okay. That, that I don't, uh, I don't get those oh. <laughs> as often. Um, but that said, mm-hmm. it's definitely something you could use an app like that mm-hmm. for, mm-hmm. Um, and. Actually, um, so I, I work in a law firm, probably not surprising. I went to law school. Right. And while I was in law school, um, I, and I think this would apply whenever you're in a really high stress situation for, Mm -hmm. for women, especially, um, I finally, I had a wonderful mentor, um, Mm -hmm. through the women law students association. She was great. And I finally went to her and said, oh, God, does law school make PMS worse? (laughs) I was in class, Mm -hmm. and I nearly broke down sobbing in the middle of class because I almost ran out of paper. Okay. Um, I didn't even actually run out of paper. I just Mm -hmm. almost ran out of paper paper mm-hmm. um and you know that was sort of the point where i kind of looked back at the preceding few months and realized that i was kind of having this horrendous breakdown um roughly mm-hmm. once a month <laughs> for for ursula i believe it was when she was driving somewhere and there was a billboard of the dalai lama just the dalai lama and a dalai lama she she blogged about it as i recall and she was just like weeping uncontrollably yeah. while she's driving down the highway and she, she was like okay maybe there's something to this I'm like yeah you yeah. think 
um, the the uh, uh, um, like the ASPCA mm-hmm. and Humane Society ads. Um, yep. You know, those are those are brutal. Um, the Sarah McLaughlin music starts, and that's it. You're done. Yeah, I've never had that, thankfully. But I, yeah, it's it's definitely you know, and and when you, um, especially when you have you know other issues that are playing up that kind of thing, like mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of it's worth again keeping track. Like, is there a pattern? Is yep. there you know, is there some potentially solvable problem here? Um, and if you're lucky enough, I've always been really lucky. I've had really good doctors. Yeah. Um, you know, and if, if you are lucky in that way, Mm -hmm. like they have so many good tools. Oh yeah. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, I, Mm -hmm. I would definitely plug, uh, that, you know, what, whatever you have to track, Mm -hmm. um, go ahead and and keep track of it. And just add your mood in as a bonus. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, just just how are you feeling? How are you doing? And uh, stuff. Because I mean, it's uh, believe me, it's hard to be productive when you feel like everything mm-hmm. is horrible and never going to get better. I, uh, you're preaching to the choir on that one. Yeah, but it, but it's important to put out there because a lot of us are just like, yeah, I know how that goes, but we never actually say it or we we don't say it to each other. And so no. it's I I think it's important for us to be like, look, you you need to assess because this has happened to me. This has happened to this other person. Yeah. You know, you are not alone in this. So, yeah, I've been incredibly lucky that I have friends who a are very supportive. Mm -hmm. Um, but B several of them have their own stuff. Um, and I have friends who are willing to say like, um, I just had a conversation with a dear friend a few days ago and I mentioned, you know, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, seeing a, a doctor about this. And he was like, and he just said, oh, good. I was going to ask you about that because <laughs> you've been seeming more anxious than usual the last few weeks. And I'm like, yes, no, this, that is, it is largely a known thing, but mm-hmm. I have a follow-up appointment just to make sure. <laughs> just to be sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so having, having people around like that, who, mm-hmm. who you can trust. Um, right. And, right. and who are willing to tell you when you don't seem right or, you know, something is, is wrong mm. is really. Oh, and, that's that's you know, huge. It's, it's, that's huge. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think Captain Awkward calls it, you know, team me. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you kind of have those people around you because mm-hmm. nobody, you, you, it's, you don't get through life alone. Um, you know, even, even if you don't have issues, even if you don't have things going on. Um, which everybody does, let's be honest. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but even if you don't think you do, you know, you, you need your team, you, you need mm-hmm. people in your corner. So, oh. you know, that's, that's absolutely been huge for me. So, all right. So we've been through all these apps and, and all these sort of, sort of methods on the, on the how, um, and we've talked a little bit about the, the, the habit of tracking things. Mm-hmm. Uh, what other systems and, and habits are valuable to you? So as you one, go back to your notes, <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm okay. very, uh, internet. I just so that you know, I have my comforting clipboard um, that I have used for almost every interview, phone interview I've ever done, <laughs> and every move. This thing mm-hmm. uh, is eventually going to die, and I will give it a Viking funeral. There we probably. go. All right. Um, but so I can anyway, put it with so, my jeans. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, I will thank it first. There you also. go. Absolutely. Um, so some some things that that I do, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out another another book, mm-hmm. um, which is called um, How to Lo- How to Manage Your Home Without Losing Your Mind. Okay. Um, and it's by a woman who she's she's got a blog also, and I I have not looked at the blog, but I found this book because I was sort of digging myself out and beating my head against a bit of a wall mm-hmm. um, because my house and my surroundings kept becoming a disaster. Okay. Um, yep. And I was kind of, and I, I had done a lot. I used Hibitica mm-hmm. for a while um, to try and, you know, fix everything. And um, I, I made a lot of progress on my own. And one of the things that, I figured out, and Habitica really helped me figure this out. I am very, very bad at keeping up with tiny little maintenance tasks. Okay. Um, I am super good at projects. <laughs> <laughs> so it seems easier to me to spend two hours doing the dishes mm-hmm. than to spend the two minutes it would take for me to just deal with them on a daily basis. Um and wow. yeah. that book made me feel much less alone because that's where <laughs> that author was coming from. Mm-hmm, that was mm-hmm. exactly her thing too. And I, um, one of, I'm forgetting her name, but, but your guest recently who talked about um, people who, you know how to function in a crisis, mm-hmm. um, but you don't necessarily know how to function when you're not in a crisis. And I think it's kind of a similar uh, thing. Th- I think that was last week, uh, Michelle. Yes. yes. Yep. Yeah. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and that, that really resonated with me because it was kind of the same thing. It's like, I know how to deal with a project. I mm-hmm. know how to deal with a thing that has a beginning, a middle and an end. Right. Um, and I don't know how to deal with all these, these little things. So kind of coming out of that, um, sort of a daily cleanup of my surroundings mm-hmm. has been really important to me. Um, I get stressed when things are cluttered. Um, so I make sure at the end of the day that I'm lucky I have a dishwasher. Mm-hmm. Um, but the dishes are in the dishwasher, not in the sink, not on the counter. Um, right. You know, they're in the way. Uh, and then the other thing is clothes. I Again, like these are things that they pile up every single day. And I don't know what's with that. <laughs> Um, it's like, it's just this, it's the daily kind of slog against entropy. Um, but it, that's, that's been a really big kind of habit mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that's, that's helped a lot. Yeah, no, uh, I, I change things around to, to deal with some of those, some of those issues. Um, yeah. I mean, aside from the fact that everyone else in the house loads the dishwasher incorrectly, so they don't load the dishwasher because I, I, because otherwise I end up unloading it and reloading it for them. Um, if it's not done right, it's not done right. I realize this is borderline OCD or as would be proper borderline CDO and, um, <laughs> not, not uh, anyone who's, who's listening, who, who does happen to suffer from actual obsessive compulsive disorder, please realize I mean that in jest and not as an insult. And I'm very sorry when you write me the angry letter later. Um, we love you. Keep trying. You got this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> No, but I, I found things like uh, let's put the laundry basket in an accessible place, 
right? Yes. And then eventually I was just like, you know what? I'm tired of walking across the bedroom to go put it in the laundry basket. And I started undressing next to the laundry basket. <laughs> right? I'll just <laughs> Whatever works. Yeah. No, my, my, my lounge pants are right there. And it's like, okay, I'll just drop it here. Done. Um, Done. Uh, yeah, and there's and and that's that's definitely in in terms of sort of systems. I mean, mm-hmm. one of the great things is that you can adapt, right? Um, you know, just because everybody else does it a certain way doesn't mean that you have to do it that way. Um, and also, you know, especially with like housekeeping type tasks, mm-hmm. you can adapt to whatever your particular home situation is. Yep. So, like for me, I have a small hamper. In my bedroom mm-hmm. upstairs that I use day to day, once a week I take that downstairs. I sort it. I have a my laundry is down in the basement, right? Um, so it all gets sorted, it all gets done, and mm-hmm. then I decide, you know, do I need to do laundry this week? Yes, no, great, move on. Right. Um, but that works because it's it's an adaptation to what my mm-hmm. setup is right now. Um, right. you know, mm-hmm. so, um, so anyway, but anyway, but um, kind of those that that daily, um you know, just keeping things, it's, it's kind of that, um, I love the phrase ticking over, just mm-hmm. keeping everything ticking over. I, I think I heard it on, um, one of the, the BBC, um, historical farm programs where okay. it was Ruth Goodman, who I love watching, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, talking about like the, the farmer's wife's tasks, and right. all of the things it takes to just keep things ticking over, keep them mm-hmm. moving along. Um, so, so those things, um, I know what our, I know what our phrase for this week is. All right. Oh, excellent. (laughs) Um, so, um, so yes. And the other nice thing about that is that there are so many things that can be done in that awkward couple of minutes Mm -hmm. that you have. Um, and the more I have tried to keep up with those little, you know, kind of maintenance tasks, the more I realized, oh, you know, I can wipe down the counter where there's been a spill mm-hmm. while I'm waiting for the water to boil. Yep. Um, or, you know, I can deal with this pile of mail mm-hmm. while I'm waiting for my toast to happen in the morning or, you know, whatever. So you, you kind of um, pick up on, on that sort of thing um, as you get practice. And that's another thing that's been really important for me is just practice. Practice, practice, um, practice. Yeah, it, I mean, things are the first time you do anything, and as you develop a new habit, it's super awkward, um, and yeah. it's tiring, mm-hmm. and it might feel like it's never going to get natural, but it often does. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. You try something else, right? Um, but that's been that's been really um, kind of a thing I've, I've noticed. Um, and the other sort of side of that is, um, and I think anybody who, who deals with a situation where maybe your, your fuck budget is a bit limited, mm-hmm. um, using energy when I have it has been a thing um, for, for me. Um, so I can't necessarily, like this past weekend, actually, mm-hmm. um, I came home from my volunteer shift and... I really just wanted to sit on the couch, mm-hmm. but I felt okay. Right. And I knew I had, um, I do my chores on weekends because my mm-hmm. evenings are too unpredictable. Um, right. So I sort of gritted my teeth and, and made myself do a bunch mm-hmm. of that stuff. 
which was a good decision because then the next day I spent with a migraine. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I can feel what's, I, I can feel the storm clouds building. So let's take uh, care. Let's prepare for it. Yeah, um, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like, and, but that's, and that's the thing. It's if you, if you know that you can't necessarily count on having time and energy mm-hmm. later, um, you know, as you go through your day, you pay a little more attention to, mm-hmm. to what can I actually get done? Yeah. Um, and so, and I was talking to, um, what what in the order of, of release should be last week's interview, but mm-hmm. because we're a good four weeks from when this will actually air, it will be it was like day before yesterday, and mm-hmm. um, so to the people who are listening at home, you've already heard about this. You haven't. Um, she's a, a park ranger in Florida. Uh-huh. Okay, and but and as I'm sure you're aware, in Florida, hurricanes happen. Yes, the same way they do here in North Carolina. And one of the things we talked about was being ready, not just for the big storm, but if you know, was it her? Somebody was talking to about this in the last week, where you know something is coming, or you mm-hmm. know you're going to have a bad day, or you're going to have you you know it just happens. But maybe you've got a chronic health issue. Maybe you've got you know that sort of thing. So you prepare for the bad days. You prepare yes. for the days you're going to have that migraine, so that you don't. When the migraine actually happens, you don't have to worry about it. It's all taken yeah. care of. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's it's kind of the same. It's it's like budgeting. It's the same mm-hmm. as budgeting money. Um, you know, you Mm -hmm. make sure that you've got enough room, um, so that if something goes terribly wrong, you're not completely sunk. Um, you know, and Mm -hmm. that if, if you can, and sometimes you can't, you know, sometimes you are just screwed and, (laughs) and that stinks. Um, you know, but then, then again, and the other thing that has been, you know, important for me is recognizing and responding to early, any kind of early warning signal mm-hmm. you have. Um, so a couple weeks ago, I had a situation where I found myself, um, I made two or three significant and stupid mistakes at work um, in a couple day time span. Right. And I mean, it was not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. It was nothing bad happened. It got caught right away. It was a little embarrassing, but you know, not, not a problem. Yeah. But I looked at that and realized something's up, mm-hmm. you know, I'm tired. I am, you know, I am. And it's that time of year when there are some anniversaries that are hard for me. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I am dancing on the edge of burnout. Um, yep. you know, mm-hmm. and that was, and, lo and behold that weekend I got sick (laughs) (laughs) and I had to take a day off Mm -hmm. um, the next week. And I ended up, you know, almost working half time that week um, because, you know, I realized that if I didn't give myself that time, um, you know, I, I never Mm want to go on medical leave again. It was necessary at the time, Mm -hmm. but um, it's, not something you want to sign up for. So no, and uh, and burnout's a bitch. I mean, you know, and you know, best case is you, you get through it. Medium case, which is what happened to me is you get fired and you end up unemployed and, and in an even worse case. Um, and then, 
you know, the, the worst, worst case scenario we won't talk about because that's reasonably triggering for a lot of people. Yeah. 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 It's, it can, it can get bad. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, you, um, I, I guess the, the thing for me has been the, and I keep using that phrase, I feel like it's going to get terribly repetitive. Sorry, Internet. (laughs) Um, Um, that's, that's my code for, this is my experience and I'm terrified that, uh, you know, someone else will have the opposite experience and uh, think I'm, I am, uh, incorrect. But, um, my, my first, my very first job, Mm -hmm. um, was a very valuable experience. Okay. It was also a terrible experience. Those are often Um, the most valuable. Yes. Yeah. Um, sucks, but (laughs) yeah, I, I worked with some really good people. Um, I worked with some people who they were, they were good folks. They were trying hard, but it was a pretty toxic work environment. Yep. And, you know, there were days when, um, you know, you just, you dread going to work so much, you make yourself sick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in order to, and, Again, you know, this was this was not the fault of any person. It's just there were some systems that were not well designed. That right, right. Were, you know, I so anyway. Um, but why I don't remember at one point I finally started seeing a doctor because I was feeling so awful all the time, mm-hmm. and I don't remember what I finally said that she looked at me and said, "I want you in a new job in six months." That, yeah, no, it's like my doctor who, as as my blood pressure is going up, and she said, well, what, what changed? I said, well, I've been under a lot of pressure at work for the last two years. And she's like, have you thought about getting another job? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, because sometimes it's, you know, you're when you're staring everything crashing in the face, you're staring burnout mm-hmm. or, or worse, um, you know, and, and you're looking at that as your, that's, that's where you're headed. Oh yeah, if yeah. You change something, um, you know that's uh, that's that's no good. That's that's the point where you have to do something. Right. Uh, it may or may not work, but you you really have to try. Yeah. Because um, so the alternative anyway. of not trying is is much worse than than missing. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So, we'll talk about anyway, that in a minute. Applies to so many things. Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> So anyway, we got, I got really, uh, sorry. No, like, no, it's fine. It's, 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 <laughs> that's how these interviews work. I've listened to a bunch of them. So. <laughs> we'll go off on a tangent and, and we'll, we'll bring it back on and then we'll yeah. go off on a tangent. It's cool. There. Yeah. We get there eventually. Yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, I'm trying to think if there's any other, um, important kind of frameworks or, or habits. Um, one thing that I also want to mention is, um, recognizing that sometimes um, it costs energy to get energy. Yes. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. So especially if I already like say I'm getting a migraine mm-hmm. and I'm already in pain, mm-hmm. I have access to painkillers that will make me feel better. But in order to do that, I have to get up. I have to go get them. I have to actually right. take them. Um you know, and some days that is really hard and it sounds very silly when you're not in that situation, but, but when you are, it's, 
that's that's legitimate. So you know, there's kind of a, a balance of you know maintaining and, and budgeting for the energy I have, mm-hmm. but also including in that budget things that I can do to actually boost and increase the budget. Right. Um, right. You know, so that's that's kind of and one thing that I've been doing lately. Um, I've been trying to sort of first thing in the morning, um, sometimes even before I get up, mm-hmm. I take a little mindfulness break. Okay. Um, I've tried, there's a couple of apps. Um, one is called Headspace. That's mm-hmm. very popular. Um, there's also one called Calm. Um, I just like the name that, of that one in general. Yeah, I, I really like that one. Um, and that's, that's one that I've actually recently come back to. Um, but all it is, is just, just a few minutes. And part of what inspired me to go back to that, I was listening to, um, a really great continuing education Mm -hmm. conference presentation, and it was on women's leadership. Mm -hmm. And there were these amazing women who were talking about so many topics, but self-care came up. Mm -hmm. And one of them, um, she used Headspace, so mm-hmm. my ears kind of perked up because that was something I'd encountered. And her comment about it was, if I can't give myself 10 minutes, I can't give you anything. Yep. <laughs> and that really, so that's mm-hmm. kind of been another like daily habit of, yep. you know, looking mm-hmm. at things and thinking, if I can't give myself this 10 minutes... Mm-hmm. to take care of me and do whatever thing, whether it's eating breakfast or, <laughs> <laughs> or playing with my cat or, you know, whatever, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, I, I actually need to do those things um, right. and, and making time for that. Yeah. So as, as everybody <laughs> heard last week, it was uh, again, Alicia saying um, you can't pour from an empty cup. It's really hard. You can try. You can try, but Uh, it doesn't work that well. Yeah. No, not Mm -hmm. for very long. Mm -hmm. And then you're, then you're doing, then you're doing burnout math again. Mm -hmm. That's not, not fun. Not fun. No. Mm -hmm. Uh, All right. Um, Anything else? Systems and habits before we roll to the. I don't think so. That's that's fine. I'm I'm consulting my notes and that's everything that I kind of scribbled down. So. Yep. Um, all right. So what about the best advice or feedback you've been, you've ever been given? Oh gosh. Um, actually, uh, so the last interview for me that I, I listened to actually it was mm-hmm. the one before last was, um, it was Michelle, I think. Uh, um, yeah. Michelle was, um, yeah. Michelle was two weeks ago. Yeah. Cause, um, yeah. Nate was last week. Yeah. And then, so she broke it out into different advice on different topics. She did. <laughs> so best, the, the mm-hmm. category of best life advice mm-hmm. that I've ever been given. Um, my grandmother was a very wise woman and, you know, I, mm-hmm. I missed her terribly. And the thing that she told me, and this is unusual, I think, and for, for young women, mm-hmm. especially or women in general, um, but the thing that she would tell me over and over is that it's better to be lonely than unhappy. Yeah. No, I kind of agree with yeah. that one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and her rationale for that, and mm-hmm. you know, it's just to kind of put some color on it. She got married in her late twenties mm-hmm. 
1938. Wow. So that was not typical. Yeah, the societal <laughs> stigma around that sort of thing is is pretty was pretty intense. Yeah, it was, mm-hmm. and you know, and she. Um, and the other side, and she was incredibly happy with my grandfather. And it was never mm-hmm. a matter of, you know, I, I think you should stay single or relationships aren't important. She mm-hmm. wanted me to have that if, mm-hmm. it, if that's what I wanted. But um, my grandfather died in a mm-hmm. car accident, very young. Right. And she never remarried. Mm-hmm. So she wound up actually being a widow longer than she was married. And wow. yeah. she the thing that I liked about her advice, and the older I've gotten, the more I appreciate this, <laughs> is it, it acknowledges that being lonely is not fun. Right. You know, there, there are real downsides. Um, you know, you, mm-hmm. we live in a world that assumes you're part of a couple or some kind of arrangement. Mm-hmm. Um, and not fitting into that is, is hard. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is you can, solve that problem and also make your situation worse. You can. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, and I think the, the takeaway for me has been that that way of thinking and way of looking at things is not just applicable to relationships. I mean, there's, I can look at a situation and say, okay, I don't like this mm-hmm. about my situation, but if I'm going to solve this I need to actually solve it. You know, right. different for the sake of different isn't necessarily better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's been something I've been thinking a lot about lately. Um, best organizational advice. <laughs> um, I I honestly think it's not so much a piece of advice as just well, maybe it sort of is. Um, the life you have is the life you have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wish I didn't have health issues. Um, you know, I wish that I was independently wealthy and didn't have to work. Um, <laughs> I wish, I wish lots of things. Um, but that's not going to change. Right. Um, you know, I can improve it. I can, mm-hmm. you know, take my prescriptions and I can do my self care and all that. And that will make it better. Um, but I think there's sometimes a tendency to say, oh, you know, I have depression or, mm-hmm. oh, I have ADHD or, oh, mm-hmm. I have this. Therefore, I can't have a clean house. Right, right. I can't have like that, that feeling of organization. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of cheating oneself a little bit it might Mm -hmm. not look like you know somebody else's Mm -hmm. but i think there is something to be said and you know again like i Mm -hmm. i don't want to you know i'm I'm definitely not one of like i hate those people who were like you have exactly the same number of hours in the day as gandhi and helen keller like (laughs) yeah those that that makes me mad (laughs) Well, yeah, because obviously they've never heard of spoon theory. They've never had a a disease that knocks them down. Um, Exactly. You know, these, this is, I, no, they, they drive me insane. Um, Yeah. You know, especially considering, uh, you know, I have a really good understanding of spoon theory. One of my ex-girlfriends before I met Ursula was uh, fibro. Mm -hmm. 
had fibro yeah. and that makes a really big, big impact. You know, I know several oh. people online with different varieties of EDS mm-hmm. and they, depending on the severity and the day, it impacts how much energy they have, what they're able to do, things like that. Um, yeah. Making it's, that broad statement just makes me want to smack people. Yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. really frustrating. Mm-hmm. And the the thing about it, and I think some of this is coming from a place where for a long time, I found my limitations and my issues really upsetting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was like, I am being screwed out of a good life because I have X, Y, and Z. And at some point that started to piss me off. (laughs) And I kind of came to the conclusion that, you know, damn it, who says I can't Mm -hmm. have, you know, it's, you know, and I like, for example, my, my house is pretty clean. Mm-hmm. My house is pretty clean because I manage it really carefully. And frankly, I don't have as much stuff right. as, you know, maybe some other people. And that's a choice on my part. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a choice that I get to make. Right. Um, you know, and I can, and I can say, okay. And the other aspect is, you know, you don't, the way that you achieve whatever it is you want to achieve, mm-hmm. there's no rules. Um, you know, it might be that, okay, I can't physically do, like, I can't physically vacuum my house. Right. What can I do? You know, but I want, I want clean floors. Like, and you problem solve, Mm -hmm. you, you figure out a way to make it work. And the reason that, and again, like, this is absolutely coming from a place of like, it makes me angry that people have to do this math. Right, Right. Um, but it is worth doing, Mm -hmm. you know, you just because you have these limitations doesn't Mm -hmm. mean you're not worth the effort of getting yourself, whatever it is that you Mm -hmm. want. Um, So that's, that's been really, really important to me um, to just, you know, say, okay, I have, I have these limits, Mm -hmm. but this is what I want. And, it's a lot of work figuring oh, yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> so what? So it's funny because I was talking to to Alan, Michelle's husband, mm-hmm. and uh, for those of you listening at home, you've heard it by now. You'll actually get to hear it. I think in about two weeks. Uh, <laughs> but he gave the same piece of advice that she did, did, and that is that you get out of relationships what you put into them, mm-hmm. right? And always that first the the first thing on that list for both of them is, you know, in order, myself, my family, right? And so I I think that's something that maybe just bears repeating constantly is you have to have a good relationship with yourself and -hmm. you have to put the time into it. And self-care isn't just about making sure you have a day off or a bath. It's also making sure that you're, you're, oh God, this sounds so much like a Southern evangelical preacher, but making sure you're right with yourself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, and, and again, I mean, that it can be frustrating and Mm -hmm. tiring. I, I mentioned earlier in the interview, I, it was amazing when I finally got a prescription that worked. Mm -hmm. That's prescription number eight. Uh, You, that's still, that's, that's good. Only eight. I've gone through. 
only eight mm-hmm. but man like there and you know everybody's mm-hmm. got horror stories i mean there was there was a drug that actually made me suicidal uh-huh that was that pregnant. had to be exciting yeah um yeah that was fun um there was the drug that made me start losing my memory that was exciting oh yeah um, mm-hmm. you know and just a host of other things and you know the the thing that I was, again, really lucky is that I had people around me saying, you're worth it, you're worth it, you're worth mm-hmm. it. Um, you know, you do actually deserve this effort that that you're putting in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So I'd say that's, I to, to summarize all of that, best, best organizational and life advice, really, you're <laughs> worth the effort that right. it takes yep. <laughs> to, to do it. So. All right, now for the fun one. I would say that is the lead in the fun one. Um, do you celebrate your success, and if so, how? I do, um, <laughs> and sometimes it's just sometimes it's just a little happy dance, uh-huh. you know, in in my chair. Um, you know, I I give myself a little a little mental high five, um, but I try really hard, and this is where it's very easy for, I think for all of us to be overly critical and, and we carry our failures. Oh yeah. Um, but to have a little bit, at least of a, a culture with yourself of giving yourself credit mm-hmm. or, you know, when you make a good decision or when something goes well, like, you know, Hey, I actually earned that. Um, That's, oh goodness. No, that, that's awkward when you're on Hangouts and a phone call comes in and it's ringing through. So I've got the the phone ringing recorded on the thing. It'll it'll be confusing to everybody. Um, it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. No, they'll they'll call that's, back. Mm-hmm. Let me. I'll, I'll, right. I'll text them and uh, say I'm very sorry. I'm in an interview right now. While while you continue to go on about about taking credit because yeah, I mean that's take, that's important. No credit. one does it. Yeah. Yeah, and um, you know sometimes. Um, it's, it's not necessarily that I do something I wouldn't otherwise do, mm-hmm. but I kind of treat it like a little celebration. So, you know, I might, um, speaking of awkward, I'm going to move <laughs> my cat from the, uh, the iPad, um, which she's very interested in at this moment. Um, it must be, oh dear, they might be about to tussle, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, but so I might, um, decide that. It's Friday. I'm going to get a donut. There you go. You know, I'm going to, and it's kind of that, just that, you know, moment of, you know, actually I have earned this donut. I, or, you know, or this, um, you know, I'm going to go for a walk or I'm going to go out for dinner or I'm going to paint my toenails or, you know, whatever, whatever it is that sounds appealing. Um, and just kind of, um, just kind of enjoy that. And the other thing Mm -hmm. that I try to remember to do, especially at work Mm -hmm. is if something went really well, I try to remember why. Right. Okay. Um, because you know, there's, there's a lot to be said, like, you know, Hey, the client is super happy. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Why is the client super happy? <laughs> <laughs> you know, is it because my research was particularly good? Mm-hmm. Was I particularly responsive? Mm-hmm. Um, did I 
add some value in not only answering their question, but anticipating follow-up questions. Um, you know, what, what did I do that made that go really well? Um, so, so, so kind of like the, the opposite of a, of like the, a failure root cause analysis, like we yes. have in, in it where we sit down and we go, okay, let's just break down everything that went wrong. Um, yep. And we talk about things that went right, but the focus was on everything that went wrong leading up to whatever the failure was and, and getting it fixed for the customer. And and instead have that, that same sort of root cause for um, everything's everything was awesome. What did we do to make it awesome? And can we do it again that way? Yeah, right? exactly. Because if, if you can kind of, you know, think about that a little bit. And, and mm-hmm. for me, I'd say... Um, you know, and you'll see, uh, at least for me, I, you see patterns, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it becomes more repeatable. Um, for example, I had a project that, and it was a personal project. Um, it was a calligraphy illumination project. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knocked it out of the park. It oh, went God. really, really well. What did I do that <laughs> got me that result? Mm-hmm. And can I do it again? <laughs> can you do it again? That's the important one. Yeah. Um, so that's, but, Mm -hmm. but you're absolutely right. It's, it's it's Mm -hmm. exactly the opposite side of the same coin of what led to a failure is Mm -hmm. is what led Mm -hmm. to a success. And, and can I, in this case, can I reproduce it instead of can I prevent it? So, and I think that's one of the things I liked when we were talking about when I was getting my scrum certification, Mm -hmm. uh, with, with agile is the, the idea is that you have a retrospective at the end of every every cycle, whether it's a two-week sprint or a four-week sprint or whatever, but it's to be sitting there and go through uh, essentially what did we do well, what didn't we do well, and what can we, what should we change, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's on the one hand, it's depressing when you're going through the same list of what did we do wrong every single every single cycle, but one of the things that is ingrained in it is recognizing those successes. What did we do well? How can we do that again? Right. Was that a fluke or were we able to, are we able to to maintain something at least along that? Um, And I think that's something that doesn't get enough focus in personal life in the business world. And I think it's really important, right? Yeah. It's, you know, cause the, I mean, prevent it's, it's kind of the the difference between, um, you know, bringing money in the door and controlling costs is, you know, obviously Mm -hmm. controlling costs is super important, Mm -hmm. but if you can find new ways of doing something well and, Mm -hmm. you know, creating um, more success for yourself, that's, that's a really good thing too. So it's good to have both if you can. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Now the bad one. Um, How do you deal with a, with a miss or with a failure? So it it depends a lot on where I'm at okay. that day. Mm-hmm. Um, if there are consequences to be dealt with, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's something that needs to be done immediately. Um, I'm pretty good about analyze it later, fix the problem first. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's that's always. I think uh, I'm trying to think. There was an interview with um, like summer camp. Mm-hmm, uh, and, mm-hmm. and camp brain and you know right. it doesn't doesn't matter why it happened just fix it just uh, deal with it was that um i want to say that was that was sarah could be sarah yeah Wendell? and I'm just, yeah. i i yeah was, was gonna write names down and I I, well no i i have them i have them i know that wasn't mary i know that wasn't mary yeah. thankful okay um it, um mm-hmm. it was a good, they've all been great interviews oh yeah uh, oh yeah 
but anyway, but so that's, I, I try to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and most of the time I'm able to, sometimes if I'm having one of those days when a lot of things have gone wrong or, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just, it's the umpteenth day of lousy weather in Minnesota and mm-hmm. I'm just not in a cheerful place. <laughs> um, you know, then I kind of have my moment of wallowing. Oh yeah. Um, and, uh, and then I, I move on and, and deal with it. Um, and the other thing that I, I kind of try to, um, I grew up, this is going to sound like a random tangent, but I grew up with the Mrs. Piggle Wiggle books. I don't know if anyone else remembers those. Well, I was going to say, I, I'm pretty sure they weren't part of my upbringing, but I'm also going to go out on a limb and say that there was maybe a 15 to 20 year gap between when I was in that age range and when you were, I mean, just a guess. And so, the, I mean, the books mm-hmm. were written, I think in the forties. Um, so they're, okay. So yeah, maybe not, but yeah, a long time, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, it, it's, it's the, the, uh, it, basically it's, it's that whole, the natural consequences of your actions <laughs> are the best deterrent. <laughs> you know, I can see why in the seventies we wouldn't have gotten those. No, just a rough I, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, you know, and uh, and also let's uh, you know to to be totally honest, a lot of my reading material was supplied by my grandmother who ah. uh, grew up. You know, that was the era when she was raising children, so mm-hmm. she probably gave her children those books. Right. Um, right. Um, if I'm assuming that I'm remembering the the era correctly, which mm-hmm. I'm sure the internet will correct me if I got it wrong, but no, they'll, um, they'll correct me, and I'll have to pass it along. Um, well, you know, I, yeah. I will be chastised in any event. Um, but the, the uh, mm-hmm. you know, sort of that idea that if I'm, I, I don't need to beat myself up right. too much because I'm already dealing with whatever the consequences were. And mm-hmm. that's, that's enough. Right. Um, you know, so sometimes I, I do have a, again, depending on my mood, I have a good wallow. I have a good, mm-hmm. you know, oh, I'm a terrible person. I have failed again, mm-hmm. um, you know, thing. But at the end of the day, it's just, all right, that happened. Um, you know, I have dealt with the consequences if there were any. Mm-hmm. And ideally, here's why it happened. And, you know, what mm-hmm. kind of use that it doesn't happen again. You do that retrospective. Um, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And and the other... and. One sort of specific thing that I try to focus on with that kind mm-hmm. of retrospective um, or postmortem, um, which is the <laughs> term we always use for law school exams mm-hmm. um, when you're dissecting it afterwards, oh, yeah. um, is noting the difference between a system failure mm-hmm. and a one-off, you know, yep. personal failure. Um, if one of my systems has failed, mm-hmm. I need to fix the system. Yes. Um, you know, no amount of, you know, this, that, or the other thing is going to, um, is gonna, is gonna, I, I can't treat it like it was a right. one-off. Um, that's kind of how I've arrived at my email method is mm-hmm. realizing I had a system and it failed me. Right. Um, completely so i changed the system um and that you know unfortunately i haven't had another one um for a while so that's mm-hmm. that's been good but the other side of that is if it was a one-off mm-hmm. um if it was a personal thing if it was mm-hmm. you know man 
I just spaced. Yeah. Uh, you you, now you're now you start you you look to see if it's happened multiple times and if there's a pattern there. Exactly, yep. and that's mm-hmm. that's kind of where you say like, oh wow, yeah, I you know like I researched the wrong state. Um, you know, how did did I write it down wrong? If I wrote mm-hmm. it down wrong. Either I was told the wrong information or, you know, something, but, you know, I, I need to. And then if that happens again in a short mm-hmm. time span, like that's where you say, maybe I should follow up with an email mm-hmm. immediately to make sure I've got the right information yep. or, yep. you know, just that, or, but you, but you problem solve um, mm-hmm. as, mm-hmm. as much as you can. So yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah. And, um, the temptation in it is always to consider it a one-off until it happens again. Oh yeah. Um, which is incredibly dangerous. So yeah. because you don't because you don't want to think that you're you never want to admit your systems failed or that something went wrong that could be repeatable. And a lot of a lot of doing it both personally and professionally is just taking that humble moment to say, okay. This was something that that you know is is going to happen again. So let's put systems in place to prevent it. Versus you know taking sort of the if you'll pardon this the arrogant approach of oh well I'll never have to deal with that again. I just had to deal with it the one time. You never have right. to deal with it the one time. And especially mm-hmm. I think if there are multiple causes mm-hmm. that you can that you can sort of pin the responsibility on mm-hmm. um, favoring and trying to make sure you're not favoring the ones and. and assigning most of the responsibility to the ones that aren't your fault. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and, but not doing the other way, like, Mm -hmm. you know, acknowledging that, you know, Oh, Hey, you know, yeah, that was kind of a disaster, but I got all of this Mm -hmm. information that I was given, but that was incorrect. Or, um, you know, there was this delay on this other piece or what have you. Um, But so still acknowledging Mm -hmm. those, but also recognizing, eh, I didn't do this part so well. Um, and, and I could have done better. So, and and there's, there's a cultural thing there too, where we don't want to, well, on the one hand, we, we don't want to accept blame even when we know where to blame. And what was it? I was, uh, I had that car accident a couple months ago. I didn't actually have an accident. I sort of caused an accident by, um, my car wasn't hit, but somebody else swerved to, to dodge me and, and hit something. And, like my, uh, I'm like, uh, my dad's like, uh, well, you, you didn't admit fault, did you? And I'm like, why would I not admit fault? I did a thing. I have a citation that says I did a thing. I'm going to pay the fine. And he was just like, no, you can't possibly do this. And I'm like, but I did. And I need to accept the consequences of my action. And there, it's almost like there's a, there's a cultural thing that, we don't want to admit fault. We don't want to uh, accept the consequences of our actions, except in the most dire of circumstances. And even then, maybe we will still we we will go to the gallows, going, "It's not my fault. I put that axe through that person's head." Right? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a really extreme and kind of dark example, but it's been that kind <laughs> of week so far. So <laughs> it's it's that time. I mean, I I don't know. It snowed again today, and you know, it's- yeah, but it's 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 Minnesota, right? It's this is still kind of yeah, but construction still. isn't for another month. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I know. It's, we're we're all getting a little bit. Basically, what happens is it keeps 
it keeps teasing us by getting warm enough oh. that we think it's finally over and then it snows again and <laughs> drops through. Um, so I, I can kind of appreciate we're in that dark humor phase yeah, of, yeah. of winter. Um, but, you know, but I, I do think, you know, just thinking of, of, um, you know, obviously I'm, I'm sorry to hear about the car accident, but in a professional context, mm -hmm. actually, there is an enormous culture among professionals, doctors, mm -hmm. lawyers, yep. um, to never admit fault. Mm -hmm. Um, and especially never apologize for right. anything that has gone wrong. Mm -hmm. And it's fascinating because in the legal world, um, one of the things that we are sort of desperately trying to train ourselves among the, the young women in my firm and mm -hmm. in any firm really yeah. is stop apologizing mm -hmm. for everything. Um, right. I have not counted how many times I have said, I'm sorry over the course of this interview. <laughs> um, but I just figured it was because you were close to the Canadian border. Well, it's, <laughs> <laughs> but it is like a right. young female, like that is, mm -hmm. I'm, you know, you, you enter a room and someone else is in there and you instinctively apologize. Um, it's, it's just sort of our, our way of smoothing everything over. And so you're on the one hand, you are trying to train yourself not to apologize constantly. Mm -hmm. Right. On the other hand, there are points where that is the best thing you can do. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, in, and especially to do it, you know, I, I never, I shouldn't say I never, I try not to apologize in an email. Um, if I'm going to apologize to someone, mm -hmm. I try very hard to either pick up the phone or go over to their office mm -hmm. and, you know, talk to them personally. Right. Because it also gives them the opportunity to say, you know, not only just the, the socially acceptable, oh, that's okay, don't worry about it, mm -hmm. but to say, you know, and it gives me a chance to say, you know, I'm really sorry this happened. This is, you know, what I'm taking away from it. And it gives mm -hmm. them an opportunity to kind of weigh in and, right, right. you know, not just accept that apology, but maybe offer me, you know, a, a hey, just do this in the future or, mm -hmm. or what have you. So, um, so that's been, but it's, but it is interesting culturally to, mm -hmm. to see, um, how some populations apologize a lot, probably for things they shouldn't, and then other populations just refuse to apologize ever, right, uh, right, or for, for anything, or the apology, or the apology context, as, as I'm sure yeah. you, you, because you've been, you know, paying attention to us on social media and things for a long time. I'm sure you've heard how Sergey, who's over my shoulder back there somewhere, um, actually likes to pee in a toilet. Yes. Yes. Um, the thing is, he likes to use the, the toilet downstairs, okay. um, which means that it is not uncommon for one of us to be coming out of the kitchen going, oh, hey, before I go back to work, before I do whatever, I'm just going to stop by the bathroom. And you kind of poke open the door, and there's the cat taking a whiz in the toilet. And your reflex at that point is to go, oh, I'm sorry for bothering you, turning around. And then you're like, wait a second. You have that little hiccup going, wait a second, I'm apologizing for walking into the cat while he's in the bathroom. And then, you know, it's like, well... That's what you do to anybody when you do that. Mm -hmm. You know, that's an appropriate apology time, even if it may not be appropriate to the cat. Yeah, because it, yeah. He's, he's 
cat and they don't really care. Yeah. Um, Talking yeah. about, you know, not giving a fuck, right? It's Yeah. They're very <laughs> they're super good at not giving oh, not yeah. giving fucks. Yeah. Um they have no spare fucks to give you. Um, no. Mm-mm. So so sorry. But mm. but you know, the the context and um mm-hmm. also the you know, the non-apology. Oh uh, yeah. Which is which is the other reason that I try to do it in person because it's mm-hmm. much easier to make clear that I am actually apologizing. Right. I'm not, you know, I'm not doing the, I'm sorry you feel that way mm-hmm. or. <laughs> and, uh, and again, there, there are times when that is appropriate. Yes. And, and there are times when a well-crafted non-apology apology can drive home a point much more um, succinctly than a, either an insincere apology or um, an apology that basically immediately like puts you into the into a secondary category, yeah. right? And I, I'm very fortunate that mm-hmm. I work in uh, what sometimes seems like that rarest of all creatures, a, a law firm which is full of actually nice, decent people. Um, and so I'm not often in a position where I need to make that kind of point, um, which is very, very yeah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> but, but point well taken that, mm-hmm. you know, that is, that can be an important skill to have in, in oh, your yeah. set. Oh, yeah. And so I'm, I'm married to the queen of, of that sort of, of, uh, of targeted, sincere, non-apology apology. The, the only person I, I have seen do it possibly better is, is uh, Mary Robinette. Okay. Because yeah. Mary is just, um, Mary is a Southern lady to the core. And so, uh, yeah. Yeah. It is, it is a remarkable thing to watch. I will say that. Oh, yeah. It's, and just when they break out, hard. I'll pray for you. That's when you know you have screwed up really bad. Oh. oh. Right? Yeah. You, I, I live in fear of, <laughs> of, uh, of that kind of thing. Um, I feel like Southern ladies and uh, also petite, particularly Italian women, I'm just sort of instinctively mm-hmm. frightened. Yeah. Um, yeah. They are, they are forces to be reckoned with. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> so there you go. There we go. All right. Um, do you have anything else? Since we meandered, uh, anything else for the we, audience? We meandered a lot. And, oh, yeah. Um, you know, I think we we covered my entire life, my philo- my philosophy <laughs> system, my uh, repeated references to the fact that I have cats. So I mean, the mm-hmm. I guess uh, you always ask people if they have anything to plug. I don't have anything to plug um, or or uh, or promote. So I guess I will um, use my few seconds to promote uh, two things. One is your local Vita Clinic. Uh-huh. Uh, they are fantastic organizations. They are mm-hmm. out there. Um, you know, there, we are on the front lines with, uh, people who are, you know, in, in financial situations Mm -hmm. sometimes, um, and we're trying to help, uh, help folks get and stay out of, Mm -hmm. um, financial difficulty. And, uh, so they're, they're pretty great. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I will plug, because I have mentioned my cats repeatedly, your local humane society. Absolutely. um, Yes. You know, Mm -hmm. they are, they are amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's especially um, we have the wonderful um, and and other rescue organizations that do amazing work. They are oh yeah, they are wonderful. But uh, even the the ones that aren't quote no kill, mm-hmm. um, if they have an open door policy, um, they need your support Absolutely. because they take everybody. They um, do. You know, that's 
that's big. So, and uh, I would also like to thank the listeners and you for oh. this podcast. It's I've I've had a it's been wonderful to listen. Thank you. And, uh, you know. Please be kind, Internet. I'm very nervous that about uh, how this will go, but it'll be uh, fine. I'll 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 get them all and I'll just moderate all the comments away, all the bad ones. Okay, so, good. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. You're so welcome. All Thank right. you. And uh, for those of you listening at home, uh, we'll be right back after this. We're back. I had a great time talking to Elizabeth. Elizabeth was a lot of fun to talk to, and I hope you guys got as much out of that conversation as I did. And I meant guys in the gender neutral, not in any specific gender referencing patriarchal way. Okay. Dude. What? No, dude, dude. Dude, 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 dude. dude. Yeah. Dude. Dude's a gender neutral, right? Well, uh,. People say it is, and I I will certainly address my female friends as dude. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you say you fuck dudes, that's not a gender neutral. That is not, no. I suppose it's contextual. Yes. It's contextual. Yeah. All right. So I got a whole bunch of stuff when we're done recording to go put on the links page, which Elizabeth That was... said, if you call someone a dudette, they are legally allowed to punch you. In the junk. Yes. Yes. I don't make the rules, people. I'm not disagreeing with that rule. <laughs> so Elizabeth sent me all these links, a whole bunch of stuff that I'm going to put in the links page for this episode at productivityalchemy.com. While you're there, you scroll down to the bottom of the page and there'll be a little form insert to put in a badge code. And uh, for those of you who are new, that is a place where you can claim an open badge. We support Mozilla open badges here at Productivity Alchemy. And you can claim a badge for every episode just by listening this far in. You have to listen to the end or fast forward a lot. (laughs) We're not judging. No, not at all. Uh, But they're open badges, so you can share them on a whole bunch of other different platforms. And we happen to use Credly as the back end. And there's, there's an explanation page and the whole kit. This week, it is ticking over. T i c k i n g o v e r which, as those who are listening, is a reference to something Elizabeth said. So for next week, we will go out and do our thing. You can do your thing this week by listening to other episodes at ProductivityAlchemy.com, by sharing them, by telling your friends, by saying, hey, I have a really interesting job that you might like to interview me with or about and reach out to me on Twitter at KSunny, on the contact me page of the podcast, or just email direct to Kevin at SONNEY.com and you'll find me. It's okay if, you know, you can think your job is boring, and I'm not going to lie, it's possible you do have a boring job. <laughs> I have had boring jobs, but sometimes the organization systems are interesting. Yeah, I, I have one 
coming up this week with a listener who has been threatening, promising to talk about her Frankenphilo or her Frankenfax. Okay. It's a Frankenstein sort of homebrewed Philofax uh, modification. I'm really looking forward to being able to share that with everybody. Our friend Will Frank. Yes. The lawyer. Yes. Is going to be on later this month. Very excited about that because Will is so much fun to talk to, and I can't wait to hear how he keeps himself organized and all that stuff. But next week, next week. Just keep him from making puns. There are things that are physically impossible to do. (laughs) Preventing Will from making puns is one of them. But we'll see what I can do when I talk to him. For everybody else, remember next week is the second Thursday of the month. That means it is time to go through our listener letters. I'm curating those now. So if you want to get advice or comment or something like that, you can do so on the webpage. Like I said, contact form, email me directly. And if you don't want your letter read on air, please say so, like, in the first line so that I don't forget what I'm curating next month. If we got all the way through a letter and then hit don't read this on air, we would back up and delete it. We would. But still. But still. Yeah. So there's all that. And that's... Do I... Did I forget anything? No, I think we've covered everything. Oh, I've got... Oh, wait. Uh, uh, you can support us on Patreon at Ursula V. You can listen to our other podcasts, The Hidden Almanac and Kevin and Ursula Eat Cheap. And you can buy Kevin a coffee at Kofi. Yes. Kofi.com slash K-S-O-N-N-E-Y. Yes. I think that's everything. I think that's everything. I'm beginning to wonder if I can retool buy Kevin a coffee into buy Kevin's chickens feed. Possibly. Because scratch and mealworms ain't cheap. Yes, they are. A bag of scratch is $7. It lasts a month. It's it was it's the mealworms that aren't cheap. Yes, the mealworms aren't cheap because you spoil those chickens. Well, no, it's not that. It's like the I'll have to look at the receipt, but yeah, the fifty pound bag of scratch was probably ten fifteen dollars. The half pound bag of mealworms is ten bucks. So yeah, yeah, but they don't need the mealworms to live. You just spoil your chickens. I do. They're so happy, and they make the tastiest eggs. You it's, gotta admit, I'm I'm not arguing. They're there very happy chickens. Anyway, so you're, you're supporting us, you're supporting the chickens, and I guess we'll talk to you guys next episode. Have a good week out there, and stay productive. You know, when you think about it, chickens are like the, the ultimate incarnation of productivity. They produce an egg, which is a concrete, tangible thing. Yes. Every day. And we worry when they aren't productive as much yes. anymore. Yes, and we, we rank chicken breeds on their productivity. This is very true. Yeah. Yeah. We've created a race of neurotic chickens who are terrified they will cease to be productive. Yeah, we have. We really have. I think... Humanity is monsters. We knew that. Lay some eggs, people.